0: chapter 3, beginning with verse 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the sun Of God, I want to preach today with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I solicit your prayers from the subject, a faith that fights fires, a faith that fights fires, a faith that works, if you will. In the setting of today's text, King Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon, is furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they refused to bow down and worship the image of gold he had set up in honor of himself. In addition to refusing to bow down to this golden image, they went further and said to the king that we will not bow. And that the God we serve is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But even if he chooses not to, we still will not bow. Verse 19 states, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, verse nineteen tells us that the king went into a rage, took the previous deal off the table. The previous deal was, we'll, "I'll give you a chance if you decide to bow. I will. You will not burn." But because these men are defiant, he takes the deal off the table and he orders that the furnace is hot, heated seven times hotter than normal. Now what's that about? Heating the furnace seven times hotter than usual or normal would transform the furnace into a blazing inferno, a fiery incinerator designed to reduce Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to ashes almost instantaneously. It's clear that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted. Nothing left, get this, nothing left of these three Hebrews to remind him of the fact that he could change their names, but he could not change their character. He wanted wanted them reduced to ashes. He, He wanted to remove any memory, anything to remind him that he could not change their character or their convictions. Notice back in chapter 1, verse 7, Ashpenaz, who was chief of King Nebuchadnezzar's court officials, gave Daniel, who was with them at the time, and his three friends new names. He gave them new names. They were three Hebrew boys with Hebrew names. He changed them. Daniel's name meant God or Yahweh, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my judge. But Daniel's name was changed to Belshazzar, which means Baal protects his life. Baal was the name of the chief Babylonian God. The name Hananiah meant the Lord shows grace. His name Uh, meant under his new name meant under the command of Aku, who was the moon god. Mishael meant who is like God. His new name Meshach meant who is like Aku, the moon god. Azariah's name meant the Lord helps or Yahweh helps or God helps. His new name, Abednego, meant servant of Nebo, the God, the, 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 the Babylonian God of learning and writing. So by changing the names of these four young men, the king hoped to change their character. By changing their names, he hoped to crumble their convictions. By changing their names, he hoped to counteract their commitment to the true and living God, the God of all creation, the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By changing their names, King Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonian empire, hoped to successfully transition these men into the core of his leadership team and completely assimilate them into Babylonian culture. But the king's plan failed miserably because what he did not understand was while you may be able to change the names of people, you can never change the faith walk of a person who has a real, genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. You can change the title, but you can't change the trust. You can change the designation, but you can't change their devotion. You can change the label you put on them, but you can't change the love that they have for God. Put it another way, people of genuine faith will say, You can say what you want to say about me, but you can't, you can stop speaking to me. You can stop associating with me. You can do all that God allows you to do to me. But the reality is what I have going on with God, you cannot touch. When I wrote this, I remember the words of uh, MC Hammer years ago who, who said, you can't touch this. That's what they're saying. You can do whatever you want to do to me. You can say whatever you want to say about me, but you cannot touch my relationship with God. The king was acting up and the king was acting out, but to no avail. Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego would not eat from the king's royal table, nor would they bow down to the king's image of gold. These were godly men. Men of noble character, non-negotiable principles, and noteworthy integrity. Isn't that what we need in our world today? We need men and women of noble character, men and women of non-negotiable principles, men and women of noteworthy integrity. Because of their unwavering commitment to God, these men stood firm In the doorway of annihilation, held firm on the brink of obliteration, and remained firm when they were brought face to face with extermination. They stood with conviction, they stood with conscience, and they stood with confidence. Intact, And as a result, verse 20 tells us that the king commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the fiery furnace. Verse 21 informs us that they were thrown into the furnace, fully dressed. Wearing their robes, wearing their trousers, wearing their turbans and all their clothing. In addition to being fully dressed, they were also bound, tied up and thrown into the fire. That tells us that this king meant business. Verse 22 reveals the flame was so hot until until it burned to death. The soldiers who threw Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the furnace. And in verse 22 states, and these men were firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Now, I want to say something here that most of you have heard me say before, and that is all of us at some point will have fires to face. Forget about the hocus pocus and forget about this easy believism that that many of you watch on TV and hear on on the radio that you become a Christian and you never have any troubles and never have any trials. Forget about that nonsense. The truth of the matter is, even as believers in Jesus Christ, at some point we will have fires to face. Fires are those circumstances, those calamities. Those events, those episodes, those experiences, those occasions, or those occurrences that come our way that bring conflict and confusion and sometimes even chaos in our lives. Fires can be things like the loss, the death of a loved one. Fires can be things like a marriage being dissolved. Fires can be things like trouble uh, with rebellious children. Fires can be situations on your job. Fires can be a health issue that you're facing. But whatever the case may be, all of us at some point in life will have fires. Fires levy upon us turmoil and sometimes pandemonium and even throws our lives at times in disarray. Fires can blow your day. Fires can mess up your night. Fires can rearrange your schedules and prioritize your agendas. Fires in life represent realities we all face on this Christian journey. Yet the testimony of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tells us, shows us, models for us three lessons on how we can fight fire with our faith. Lesson one, we fight fire with our faith knowing that we are never alone. That's the first thing. That's the first thing these texts tell us, that we, we can fight fire with our faith because we are not alone. Notice verses 24 and 25 of the text. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up? And threw into the fire, were there just three men that we put in there? Shadrach, Meshach, and and Abednego. Unless my eyes are, are playing tricks on me, unless my glasses are not working properly, unless my math is messed up, I know we put three men in there. They replied, certain O king. Verse 25, he said, but look, I see four men walking around loose in the fire. In other words, he said, did we not bound them up and put them in? Did we not put only three in? I see four, and not only that, the other three that we bound up are walking around loose. Something's wrong with that picture, isn't it? Said, they're unbound, and not only are they unbound, they are unharmed. Why were they unbound and unharmed? They were unbound and unharmed because God never left them alone. That's lesson number one. Whenever we face the fires of life, we don't face them by ourselves. God never leaves us alone. God's presence shielded them, defended them, and protected them. The fire could not harm them. The fire could not destroy them because the presence of God would not allow. You realize why you haven't been destroyed? The reason why you haven't been taken down and taken out? The reason why it's not over? is because God is with you. God has you wrapped up in his loving arms. Wow, he's. He's Lord of lords. He's he's king of kings and lord of lords. That means that Jesus Christ is Lord over every fire we face. Just remember that whatever the fire is, God is with you and Jesus is Lord over it. Don't, Don't you remember how those of us that. I've had fireplaces. I know that's kind of alien concept down here in Florida, but some of us have lived in cold places and you have fires. And and you know, when you make a fire in a fireplace, you got it in the cast iron fireplace. But you know one thing, you control that fire, don't you? I make it as hot as I want to. And if I want to put it out, I know how to put it out. But that's how God is. God is with you and God is controlling your circumstances. One of the greatest hallelujahs components of the Christian faith. A hallelujah component is something that ought to make you shout. If you don't get up out of your seat, at least you ought to be shouting on the inside. It's a hallelujah component. A hallelujah component is that thing that overwhelms you when you're driving along sometime and you just get to thinking about the goodness of God and tears start to flow and you're clapping your hands and you're praising God. One of the greatest hallelujah components of the Christian faith is that You and I have a Savior in Jesus who has promised never leave you alone. Sometimes folk will leave you alone, won't they? Sometimes people will promise that I'm with you to death do us part, and sometimes they'll walk away from you and leave you alone. Sometimes friends will say, I'm with you. But you look around and there's nowhere to be found. Sometimes folk promise, but they'll leave you alone. But Jesus has promised, I'll never leave you. Jesus promised passionately promises us in Matthew 28 and 20 saying, surely I'm with you always. Surely means absolutely. Surely means no question about it. Surely means no doubt about it. I'm with you always. Then again in Hebrews uh, 13 and 5, Jesus promises, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never means I won't leave you when you mess up. Never means I won't leave you when you drop the ball. Never means I won't leave you even though you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He says, never will I leave you. Nothing can separate you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Those of us who trust the finished work of Jesus on Calvary's cross for our salvation. Those of us who stake our claim on his victorious resurrection. Those of us who understand that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from his love can rest assured that he's always with us because he promised never to leave us alone. God is not a man that he should lie. Back in the 19th century, an author wrote these words to him that captures the essence of the ever-present nature of Jesus Christ even when we go through the fires of life. The author wrote, I've seen the lightning flashes. And I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of my Savior. He bids me still fight on, for he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. So the next time you face a fire, just remember Jesus is right there with you. Sometimes when things go wrong, people will say to us, Where is your God? We can say unequivocally to them that our God is right here with us in the midst of the fire. Our God is right by our side. Lesson two we fight fire with faith. Because God makes it possible for us to function in the fire. We we fight fire with faith because God makes it possible for us to function in the fire. Notice verse 25 of the text. The king responds with astonishment. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, And unharmed. That means that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still functional. They were still active. They were still carrying out their divine mandates. And get this their setting was the furnace, their surrounding was hot, their situation was unpleasant. But God freed them up and protected them so that they could continue being productive proponents of his divine purposes. Won't God free you up? Listen, listen. While they were going through, while they were in a tough spot, while it was hot in that place, God was still using them. What was God doing? First, God was using Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to identify his greatness. Isn't that right? God was still you there in the fire, and sometimes you can testify. Sometimes you can identify to God's greatness while you're going through because people are looking, and they're watching you. By walking around in the, in the fire, they were letting the king. And all his subjects know that no one, not even the king of Babylon, can stop God. Oh, these boys are functioning now. They they, they identified the greatness of God that not even the great king of Babylon can stop what God is doing. You tied us up but God loosed us. You tried to harm us, but God is protecting us. We are testifying, we are identifying that our God is an awesome God. 21st century application. Washington can do whatever they want to do, but they can't stop God. Politicians, whether you like them or don't like them, on all sides, all spectrums can say whatever they want to say, can do whatever they want to do that God allows them to do. But just remember, they can't stop God. And whatever God says will be. People with money, people with prominence, people with power living outside of the will of God can't stop God. People can boast, people can brag, and people can even bribe, but no one can stop God's plan. Second, not only was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego identifying God's greatness, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were verifying God's goodness. God is so good that he has rescued us, help me somebody, from your hands. I, you know, Sister go mention that, that, that series that Pastor Stevens is teaching on, on Joseph. I mean, all they tried to do to Joseph, God was in charge. They couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop God's plan for Joseph's life. Can I remind you of something today? That whatever God has for you, and nobody can stop what God is doing in your life. They were verifying God's goodness, the fire. Kill your soldiers, but but it did not harm us. We were bound, but now we are loose. You intended to erase us, but God has exalted us. We want you to know that our God is just good like that. Can I tell you something? No matter what folk try to do to you, no matter what they say to you, God is just good like that. Keep your hand in God's unchanging hand. God will take care of you. Third, they were solidifying God's grace. Now, everybody could see that God's favor rested upon them. Fourth, they were magnifying God's glory. They were exalting God as sovereign ruler of of the universe. They, they, They were saying, listen, listen. Our God is is El Shaddai. He's all sufficient. Our God is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Our God is Jehovah Shammah. He's ever present with us. Our God is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. Put us in the fire. We will testify to the magnificent glory of our God. God, you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even while they were going through. Now, let me hasten to say that this scenario is not restricted to the pages of biblical history. We, too, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is infested, infected, infused, and influenced by sin. We live in a world where things don't with, with things go wrong sometimes our world is a place where human expectations are not always met plans do not always come to fruition and dreams don't always come true for most of us although there may be a few exceptions our families are not replicas of little house on the prairie and every day is not spent on golden pond yet god has made it has fixed it so by faith we can function Help me somebody in the fire. I'm trying to tell you today that if you're going through a fire, you can still function. If you're sick, you can still function. If you're in trouble, you can still function. If things aren't going your way, you can still function. Therefore, when we face the fires of life, when headaches come, when heartaches abound, when things don't work out right, don't you give up. Don't you give out. Don't you give in. Keep looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Take a clue from the psalmist in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, who said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven. And earth. Third. We fight five with faith. When we know that we will come out better than we went in. That ought to help somebody. Even if you're going through right now, you just need to understand that 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 you're gonna come out better than when you went in. Verse 26 states, Shadrach. Approaches, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar approaches the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, help me somebody, came out of the fire. You you see, there is a point in life. When you will come out, it might not look like it now, but you will come out. Trouble may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It might be rough now, but you will come out. You might be going through now, but you will come out. He said, come out of the fire. Verse 27, and the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of smoke on them. In verses 28 and 29, the king praised God and then did what he did best, he made threats that anyone who said anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be put to death. But now, notice this is shouting material. If you want to shout, here it is the last verse in chapter 3. Then the king promoted. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. All I'm trying to tell you is thus they came out of the fire better than they went in. This lesson is clear as I close. God will always bring us out. Of the five better than we went in. But one thing about it, God always knows what He's doing. God is always working things out for our good for His glory and our good. So don't you worry, just keep your hands in God's hand. Don't you worry, just keep looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And some write a pen, these words. You just ask the Savior to help you. comfort strengthen and keep you. Jesus is willing to. Jesus will carry you through.